0: Good to see you all here this morning. We did do some adjusting on sound levels, so I want to make sure everybody can hear. Everybody over here, y'all good? Awesome. Everybody in the back, y'all good? Good. All right. Awesome. Well, it's good to see you all here this morning as we have gathered to worship. So I greet you in the name of the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I said last week, I'm going to say it again this morning, I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> so it is good to see all your faces here this morning. You'll see there in your bulletin, if you picked one up, if you didn't, there's still, there may be a few still back there in the back. Uh, we have the Stations of the Cross that are still up. Uh, they'll be up through Pentecost, which is just a couple more weeks. So you're welcome to come through that because we are still celebrating Easter. We are on the fifth Sunday of Easter, so we're still celebrating the risen Christ. So if you want to walk through the Passion, that's what those are for. We also have the prayer labyrinth that is on the basketball court, and there is a signpost out there that kind of tells you about that. Uh, But it's a way that you can spend some time with God in prayer. Uh, And it's just a little walking labyrinth that you walk in and walk out. Uh, So you're welcome to use that at any time. That's always there. Uh, It's always open as long as you can see Uh, because we don't have any lights out there. uh, It's kind of hard to do it at night in the dark, but we are glad that we have that. Uh, Are there any other announcements this morning we need to be made aware of? Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we are just so glad that our guests and our family and all are back together. So we are just thankful for everyone that is here. So let us begin our time with prayer. So let us pray. Divine vine grower, the soil of your love nurtures the roots of our lives each and every day. As we consecrate ourselves into your loving care, plant us in the soil of your love. That we may abide in Christ, our true vine, and bear the fruit of your love and grace. Give us rain in seasons of doubt and nourish our growth, that our harvest of love may bless the world. It is in your bountiful name we pray. Amen. Our song of preparation this morning is, Lord, I Want to Be a Christian. We now take time to lift up our joys and our concerns so that we can pray with and for one another uh, and celebrate with one another. So what joys and concerns do we have to bring this morning? Well, it is a beautiful, sunshiny day. Uh, So we can be thankful for that, and we have many that are on our prayer list uh, and those that have been added uh, over the past couple of weeks. Uh, So uh, you can find those on our Facebook page, uh, and we will have a new list coming out next week for that. Uh, So as we remember all those that are on those lists and all those that we have on our own list that are in our hearts and minds this morning, let us go to God in prayer. So let us pray. Risen Lord, you came as a sacrifice for our sin. Give us faith to accept this act of love so that we turn from all human efforts and drink in the atoning righteousness of your death and resurrection. Risen Lord, you are the true vine and we are the branches. By your Spirit, Produce the fruit of love, joy, peace, and patience in us for others to taste and enjoy. Keep us from hanging on to love for ourselves. Prune our selfishness from us and fill us with your love. Risen Lord, have mercy on your earth and supply its needs. Where people are hungry, give food. Where people are in distress, comfort them where people are in trouble, bring order and peace, and turn the whole world to you in faith, repentance and praise. Lord Jesus Christ, focus our love on people we know with special needs. Heal those who are unwell and others in need whom we now name silently in our hearts. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for hearing us and caring for us in all our needs. Constantly intercede for us before our Heavenly Father and open our eyes that we may see Him through you. For we ask all this in your holy name, for you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. This morning, our Psalter reading comes from Psalm 22, verses 25 through 31, and you'll see in your bulletin there This, as we uh, recite this psalm passage together. So, from you comes my praise, and in the great congregation, my vows I will pay before those who worship the Lord. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord shall praise the Lord, may our hearts live forever. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations shall worship before the Lord. For dominion belongs to the Lord who rules over the nations. All who sleep in the earth shall bow down to the Lord. Who go, and who go down to the dust shall bow before the Lord, and I shall live for God. Posterity shall serve the Lord. Each generation shall tell of the Lord and proclaim his deliverance to a people yet unborn. Surely the Lord has done it. We now take just a time to say thank you for all the offerings, the gifts, the tithes, the service that has been given to keep love, joy up and going. We are thankful for each and everything that is done. So let me offer these prayers or this prayer over those gifts that we have given. Let us pray. Bountiful God, you fill the poor with, with food things and cause the hungry to be satisfied. May these gifts be instruments of your grace And may our very lives be the means of spreading your blessings. Make these gifts be for the world a sign of your boundless love and your overflowing abundance. Amen. Our text this morning comes from the Gospel of John. John chapter 15 verses 1 through 8. here now about the true vine i am the true vine and my father is the vineyard keeper he removes any of my branches that don't produce fruit and he trims any branch that produces fruit so that it will produce even more fruit you are already trimmed because of the word i have spoken to you remain in me and i will remain in you a branch Can't produce fruit by itself, but must remain in the vine. Likewise, you can't produce fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, then you will produce much fruit. Without me, you can't do anything. If you don't remain in me, you will be like a branch that is thrown out and dries up. Those branches are gathered up, thrown into a fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask for whatever you want and it will be done for you. My father is glorified when you produce much fruit and in this way prove that you are my disciples. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, as we have gathered on this beautiful, sunny Sunday morning to worship you, to hear your word through scripture, to hear your message in the sermon, Lord, we just ask that your blessing be upon us, that the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So the text today continues this theme of love and community. We talked a little bit about that last week, about how the Good Shepherd brings people into the community, and that it's not our job to bring them in. God is gathering the sheep, and we are here to accept them as they come. So we're talking about the love of God and the love of each other, the love of Jesus and the community that is the people of God, the people that God and Jesus have gathered together as the followers of Christ. And today we have a different image of this being in God, being with God, being a part of God's community in that of the vineyard. So this image of a vineyard is something that Sometimes it's maybe hard to kind of understand. But we probably all have seen a picture of a vineyard. For some of us, we've probably been and visited a vineyard. We have some here close by. And have probably partaken in the fruits of that vineyard. So when we go and see a vineyard, we see these long rows of vines. We see these long rows of post with strings between each one. And then we see in between these, about every other, or every third, we see a root plant, a root vine. And this is where everything begins. As the season progresses, the vines come up off this root vine, this central spot, And begin to make their way and cling on to all of these strings that are there. But the vine keeper, those who are out there keeping it wrangled, are constantly out there making sure those vines are growing the way they need to be. Or pruning when they need to be pruned, cutting back where they need to cut back. So that's what this image is this morning, is this Arranging and making sure that these plants are going to produce the absolute best fruit possible. So the keeper takes time with each central vine. He knows it's going to be a a, a time of patience because these vines don't grow super fast. So he's going to have to wait for these to sprout out before he can do anything. Before he can prune and even arrange those vines, he has to be willing to wait that time period. And that's what makes this kind of a good image to think about when we're talking about our relationship with God. Jesus drew an apt description of the life of discipleship from this metaphor... Because Jesus is that vine. He's that central vine that all the fruit comes off of. God is the vine keeper. He's the grower. He's the one who's walking up and down these aisles of vines and making sure that they're pruned just right so that they will produce the best fruit. And we are the branches. Now, at the start, we have to think about two different things that happens to these branches. One, those that are not producing fruit, those that are going to just take the nutrients away from it producing the best fruit, are just cut off and left on the ground to wither. The second thing is is that the ones who are going to produce fruit, the ones that are there producing that fruit are going to be cut back periodically so that they continue to produce this great fruit. Best fruit. So Jesus has gathered his disciples at this point, and he seeks to prepare them for what is coming. Jesus foresees the hardships and the death that he is about to face. He's foretold it many, many times, and this is right before he goes into the Passion Week. It's part of his farewell discourse. And as he meets with his followers just this one last time, he yearns to console them. He knows the trials they will face in the days ahead. At the same time, Jesus invites those disciples to enter into a more profound relationship by urging them to abide in him. So rather than sounding a note of despair, Jesus speaks a word of hope and trust For their souls. So let's talk about this word abide. The Greek root for the word abide carries a range of meanings. It can mean staying in place, it can mean enduring, it can mean holding out. And these range of meanings imply steadfastness and reliability in God's presence in and for God's community. So reassurance comes from remaining close to Jesus, weathering whatever storms may come. So when someone is having a difficult time, we occasionally, sometimes, always, maybe, I don't know, will look at him and say, just hang in there. Which, you know, we're like, that's our advice. Just hang in there to be okay. It's all going to work out. But those aren't very helpful words, are they? You know, for those words, some who are desperately wonders how it's just going to work out, how it's going to be there, how hanging in there is going to make a difference. So Jesus offers us so much more than just hanging in there. Jesus didn't say we're not going to have hard times. Hard times will come. But living, abiding, and finding our home in Jesus the vine and God the grower sustains us. Promoting ever greater well-being. So think about this in a little bit of a different way. The Hebrew notion of shalom, of peace. A word that really is not translated Anywhere in the scriptures. This word speaks of wholeness, completeness, and health. So maybe if we recover this sense of shalom that addresses the deep yearnings of our lives. Shalom enters into all our cuts and our wounds that we endure day to day. This shalom is even enables us to speak of healing where there is no hope for a cure. And hope for a l- relief from suffering does remain. A hope that God's miracles of growth bring to fruition. So God's care is constant. It's always there. And whatever pain or suffering results from maybe God's pruning us and cleansing is redemptive rather than arbitrary. See, John's community, the community that John is writing to, was in a precarious situation. Their choice to believe in and follow Jesus made them suspect in the eyes of the established religious authority and subject to excommunication. And community to them was everything. So to be cast out, to end up homeless, landless, familyless was the ultimate shame and fate. So John's community is struggling to redefine their community, given the reality and the impact of Jesus on the lives of the people who believed in him. And for John's community, faithfulness is determined not by outward or elaborate rituals, but by one's relationship with God through Jesus. So here in John's mind, there are branches that do not produce fruit. And they fail to live in love and are concerned only with themselves. And we live in a society that promotes independence and making something of yourself. And this is a valid goal. There's nothing wrong with this goal but self-worth often becomes equated with our own success and what we can produce. It becomes very easy to think it is all up to us and our own resources as we try to solve problems and meet challenges. But as Jesus counsels and prays with his disciples, he invites them to stay close to him By placing their trust in Him, He warns them that they cannot go at it alone. That trusting in their own strength is not the right way to do it. That on their own, they would be cut off from the life source and they would not bear fruit. They would be excommunicated from the community. Now this sounds harsh. It sounds like You know, if we mess up, we're gone. But that's not what it is. When we mess up, God just prunes that part of us off so that we can go back to producing fruit. Now, for those who are gardeners, we know that some plants, when they flower, it's bad. You don't want a fruit producing plant to flower. Now, others there are you want them to flower because it produces the most the best fruit. So we have to decide how we're gonna produce fruit. Are we just gonna do it for show? Are we gonna be like those plants that just show up and produce these beautiful flowers that produce no fruit unless those flowers are cut? So we look beautiful, but we don't produce the fruit. Or are we going to be those flowers that produce this beautiful flower that eventually withers and dies and then has a beautiful fruit that comes from that flower? But flowering plants are also needed because we have male and female. You have to have the pollination between them. So it's not to say that the flowering plant is not useful. So when we think of the vineyard, when we think of this producing fruit off a vine... We have to think about how that is done and what it means to be the branches of Jesus and God being the grower, the one who comes along and makes sure that we're producing the best fruit, the one who comes along and says, maybe you need to give this up, so let me cut that off. Maybe you need to learn something new so he cuts that piece of the old off so you can produce something new. But it all revolves around community and love. The mutuality between Jesus and the disciples spoken of here is both a gift and a task. The passage intermingles in indicatives with imperatives. It declares that the reader, that us as the reader, are branches and that the divine gardener is at work to make the branches more productive. And at the same time, readers, us, are summoned to abide in Christ, which essentially entails a constantly renewed commitment. The mutuality and fruitfulness do not occur automatically. The demands of the discipleship are surrounded on every side with grace. So community is not something apart from our lives. It is our life. We are inseparably connected to one another in love. And community is not a static institution, but a living growing, thriving, and even changing organism. And each part affects the entire branch. So community is love, and love is a requirement to know God, because God is love. And in order to live in community, we have to have this love for one another the love that Jesus told us us about, which we will go into more detail next week, the love that is both the content and aim of Christ's gospel continues to be active in those who understand that what you do to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you have done it to me. So as we... Our community, and as we grow in love of God and love in one another, in what ways is our community connected or disconnected from the vine? Is our community fruitful or not? In what ways is our community abiding in Christ? And what fruit? does our community produce? These are the questions that we have to answer for ourselves and for our community. How are we living in God? How are we showing that we're different, that we're separated from the way society thinks? Jesus told us to love God and to love our neighbors. And that's what we do in community. God, as the master gardener, offers a better plan for our lives. Let us find our home in God's word and place our trust there. We are chosen to bear the fruit of heaven. Jesus is the one who has made this possible. He is the real hope for the hanging in there on the vine of life. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. My Father God is the vine keeper. How are we producing fruit? How are we showing the love that Jesus has shown us? How are we loving one another in the community that God and Jesus are gathering for us? That is how we produce fruit. So let us love one another in community with God and with one another. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning, the song of invitation is entitled, Love. Uh, This is sung by We Are The Messengers. So I invite you this morning to listen to the words and sit in some time with God as the song plays.
1: Yeah, everybody hurts. Sometimes I know that's what they say. But right now it seems this loneliness won't go away. Can anybody feel this heartache? is anyone around feels like we're running round in circles we can't catch your breath we can't enjoy the moment when we always want what's next yeah just when i can't take no more it's when i hear you say don't hang your head when you get lonely and hide from the one who gave his life so I could get back my day. so when you can't take no more look up and hear him say don't hang your head when you get Your grace sustains all of my life You are the one that I run to In you I am satisfied Oh, your mercy is new every morning Your grace sustains all of my life You are the one that I run to In you I am satisfied Don't hang your head when you get lost can't get
0: Jesus has said, I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. So let us join together in the benediction for this day as we depart our time together and go into our community to love. So be loved Let us love one another, for love is from God. We will be born in love each day of our lives. Beloved, let us abide in Christ's love, for he is the vine and we are the branches. We will grow as Christ's disciples and bear fruit for a world in need. Beloved, let us care for one another. For the Spirit helps us abide in God's peace. Glorify God in the lives we lead. And may the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house. I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Amen.